Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Hagiga has been dedicated in memory of Hacham Raful Muhaddeb Ben Garaz and Marie Muhaddeb Bat Jamile. Ruah Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Elion Amen. Dedicated by Dr. Isaac and Lily Mahade Vashem Ishmirem Vahayem Amen. Daf He. Today's Daf is being studied Lainun Ishmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruah Hashem Tenihenu Began Eden Amen. Today's Daf is being studied Lainun Ishmat Bahur Shaniftar Vikitsur Yamin Vishanim Amanawah Ezra Ben Tune Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Tuhin Shmatot Srura Besura Hayim Amen Today we are learning on Daf He And we are At uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 lines From the top Just to say one word On the last Sugya that we read, which is actually on this daf as well, we learned that the Malachah Mavet asked to take, asked the Shaliyah to take the, uh, Miriam, the hairdresser for the woman. And uh, the Shaliyah made a mistake, and took the wrong one, and we learned that this can happen based on the Pasuk V'yesh Nispeh Belo Mishpat. And Rabbi Bai asked the Malachah Mavet, well, what do you do with those years that were taken away from her. Those are years that were supposed to be her years, where, where do they go? So the Gemara says that they're given to a Talmid Hakam that's Ma'abir al-Middotav. So, one of the Mepharshim explained why it's given specifically to a Talmid Hakam that is forgiving. It's because the person that dies young can have a claim that they had more years of life that was taken away from them unjustly and they had ability to do more zikhuyot therefore it's not fair what happened to them so the way to compensate them is to give the years to a tamid hakam that's ma'avir al-middotav and once a tamid hakam gets those years obviously he's going to use them for zikhuyot and good deeds and since he's forgiving he won't have a problem to share the zikhuyot with the one that the years were taken away from so therefore that's a way that uh, the person that got the years taken away still will benefit, <coughs> even though they do not have the ability to do the mitzvot themselves, but their years enable somebody else to do the mitzvah. Now, if the Tamina Kab was not Mahavira Medotav, they'll say, no, they're my mitzvot, I'm not giving them to anybody. So, therefore, staff Kab Mahavira Medotav. The Gaon Vilna has a different interpretation here. The Gaon says, on the contrary, the Satan is not doing anybody any favors over here. <coughs> the extra years. He gives it to a Tamid Hakam specifically why? Because we have a rule that once a person reaches the majority of his years so, and he didn't sin at all, so then we can say, Muftahlo Shelo Yehata. We can assume that already he has a Hazakah, that he's not going to sin in the future. So what the Gaon says is, the Satan wants the Hakam to trip up. So therefore he adds these years to his life, so now it's the, he didn't reach half his life anymore. Because he has more years to go. So he wants the Tamil Akam to turn sour. And if he has much to gain, the Satan. So, <coughs> Satan again, over here, according to this interpretation of the Gaon, is trying to uh, hurt the Tamil Akam by giving him these extra years 
that he should uh, you know commit averot. The Gemara continues. Rabbi Yohanan when he got to the following pasuk, he cried. Vatesiteni bo the baleo hinam. Boreolam says that he was incited by the Satan to swallow Eov for no reason. Because we know the story of Eov, uh, the Satan, according to this Gemara's language of the Pasuk, uh, told Boreolam, look, the, this man over here, uh, uh, Eov, he's only religious because things are going good for him. Take away some of the things and we'll see exactly his true colors. So Borei Olam let himself be incited, so to speak, by the Satan, even though he was innocent. And so the Gemara says, when the Buhana read this passage, he started to cry. An Eved, a slave, a servant, that his master can be incited against him. And it worked. He got incited. Does he have any hope? Which means he had no hope. Which means uh, his master will run against him, so to speak. And therefore, if this could happen, so that everybody's vulnerable. The Zohar explains that when it came to the story of Eov, actually, the timing was very significant. The story of Eov happened right when the Jewish people were coming out of Misraim on the night of Kiryat Yamsuf. And Boreolam was concerned that the Satan might be mekatreg on the Jewish people when they're crossing Yamsuf, that maybe they're not worthy, they have averot, therefore they're not worthy to cross. So, Bore'olam threw the Satan a bone, so to speak, and got him involved with Iyov to take his mind off of Klai Yisrael when they were passing Yamsuf. So that's what means God let himself be incited. It's not that God, Hasbash Shalom, is being controlled by the Satan. Adraba, God... Double uh, uh, trick the Satan now. The Satan thing is, okay, now I see I got uh, God. He let me take Eov. Meanwhile, he took his uh, eyes off of Klai Sa'el with the Ketrug of uh, Kiryat Yamsuf. That's the interpretation. Rabbi Yohanan, right, Tras Oyev or Tiyot Eov. Rabbi Yohanan, Kimate Lehai Kera Bache. Yohanan, when he got to the following Basuk, cried. Which literally means that Bore Olam does not uh, trust the Kedoshav, his holy ones. So he says, If he doesn't trust his holy ones, then who is he going to trust? So the Gemara explains what this is referring to. Gemara says, Yomachad havaka azil beorha. One day, he was walking on the road. That is a Yohanan. He was picking from the trees, te'enim, figs. The ones that were ripened, he left. The ones that were not ripened yet, he took. Aren't the ripened ones better? What are you taking the ones that are not ripened yet? I'm taking the uh, figs for the road. I need them. 
which means the ones that are ripened for the road, they get spoiled. However, so if I don't want to take them, by the time I eat them, <coughs> they don't preserve well. However, the ones that are not ripened, they preserve well. And therefore, Rabbi Han understood now what this pasuk means. Why? He said, when you have a Talmud Hakam or a Tzaddik, a Kadosh person, that's perfect, that's holy, there's a chance that he can become spoiled. And therefore, what does Borei Olam do? He takes him. And Bekdoshav lo yamin. Since a Kadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, doesn't trust the Tzaddikin to be able to maintain their Tzidkut, so they're like a ripened fig. That what? That in order to protect them from spoiling, so Borelm has to pluck them and take them. Now, even though in this mashal, it's really not exact, because in the mashal, the guy plucked the unripe figs. In our nimshal, in Hindbik Toshavdu Yamin, so to speak, Borelm is plucking the ripe ones. Those are the tzaddikim that are perfect, and why they why they ripe? Because those are the ones that can spoil. Those are the tzaddikim that are good now, but when they are not trusted, they can get uh, spoiled. So the explanation I saw is that no, a person really he belongs in Alam Abba. That's where his source is. The tree is in Alam Abba. So somebody that goes to Alam Abba, he remains on the tree. He's staying at the source. Somebody that's taken from Ulama Ba and put in this world, that's the one that's being plucked. And therefore, when the Pasuk, when the Nimshal is telling us that, uh, when the Mashal said that the fellow took the unripened ones, he picked them, that's the Nimshal to the regular people that they picked from Ulama Ba and they put in this world over here, out of their natural place where they belong. With its Sadiq, he remains on the tree. What does it mean he remains on the tree? Well, that puts him right back where he belongs in the uh, in the Olam Abba. So that's what Himbik Toshavlu Yamin. That sometimes the tzaddikim die young in order that they stay in their tzedkut. Amar Hainu Dichtiv. When Yohanan saw the story with the figs, he says, "Now I understand the pshat and the pasuk Himbik Toshav Lo Yamin." Ini, we have a contradiction. There was a certain student that was in the neighborhood of Rabbi Alexandri. And he passed away when he was young. And he said, Which means, if this rabbi would have been uh, okay, he could have lived more. Which means it seems that the uh, Buhanan over here or the Alexandri was saying that uh, the, uh, the the fellow over here, uh, if he would have went on the right derech, if he would have been more of a tzaddik, he could have lived more. Now, how did the Alexandri know that? Maybe he was from the uh, tzaddikim that God just takes early. How did the Alexandri right away say? That this uh, student over would have went on the right derech, then he would have lived longer. Maybe not so. Maybe he was on the right derech, and still God took him because of the pasukim b'toshavlo yamin. Kavra said, "No, this he knew that he did a sin." This student over here was uh, arrogant to his rabbis, which means he was chutzpah uh, to his rabbis, and therefore 
he knew that the reason why God took him was not because he was one of the Kedushim. He was already spoiled because he didn't have Kavot Tamidah Kamim. That she says, Rabbi Alexandria, I am Makirbo, Shelo, I am in a Kedushim. He knew that he wasn't from the Holy Ones. Uchtiv, Vetov, Lo Yeyela Rasha, Velo Yarich Yamim. The Rasha will not live a long life. Asher Enel Ketzel, he'll be like the shade. Asher Enenu Yare. Because he does not fear God. So you see, because he did not have fear of God. What does fear of God in this pasuk mean? Fear of those that serve God. So therefore he died young. So he was not from the group of Hembek Toshav. Rabbi Hanan, when he got to the following pasuk, he would cry. Vekaravti alechem lamishpat, veayiti ed memaher, bemchashefim, ubemenaafim, ubenishbaim nashaker, uboshke sechar sahir. Borei Olam says in the Pasuk, I am going to bring you to justice. Who am I going to bring to justice? The following sinners. And I am going to be the witness. So God is the judge, and God is the witness as well. On who? On the Mechashafim, those are the sorcerers, the ones that are about the witchcraft, and Afim are the adulterers, the ones that swear falsely, the ones that don't pay their employees on time. <coughs> a servant that his master is taking him to court and he's the one that's the judge and he's rushing to testify against him she doesn't stand the shot she's Bori Olam is the judge and Olam is the witness because he sees everything as well and therefore he starts to cry so we don't have a uh, we don't have a chance Amar of Yohanan ben Zakkai Oy lanu Some take out the word ben Zakkai Oy lanu Sheshakal alenu akatuf kalot Kahamurot Woe to us That you see the pasuk over here is weighing The light sins With the severe sins Which means God punishes Four type of sins That's the way Mesilak Yashayim understands this pasuk over here In Perek Dalid He brings this pasuk down and he explains, you see here the Pasuk talks about big sins, Nishbaim la Sheker, Minafim, and it talks about, you know, withholding a wages uh, of a, a worker. That's not uh, compared to adultery and swearing uh, Hashem's name. And the explanation is, the Misla'i Sharim says what this means, Kalot Kahamurot, not that it's the same punishment. Of course, the Hamurot, it's a bigger punishment, and the Kalot get a lighter punishment. But the point is, that we don't say that the hamurot outweigh the kalot. We don't say that once already guys getting punished for ni'uf and nishbaim uh, sheker, some of the small ones are eclipsed by the big ones. No, everything is going to be held accounted for. The, the big ones like the ni'uf and nishbaim sheker, after the small ones of not paying the wages of the worker on time. And therefore that everything is taken into the account, nothing falls to the uh, to the side. So then already Hanan, that uh, 
cause them to be uh, uh, concerned about such a situation. Amar Vishtakish, Kolamate Dino Shilger, anybody that uh, tips the scale against a ger, which means does not stand by the side of a ger to protect him, not that we're not talking about it to pervert justice, but to to make justice, which means he does not uh, stand by the side of a convert in order to protect him in deen. That's as if he's preferring the, the justice of a Kadosh Baruch Hu himself. Which means that's already what Allah says, it's a, that's a personal attack. Ummateger means one that perverts the scales against the gear. Ummati ketiv. Ummati. God says, that's like you're doing it to me. God protects the gerim. Amar Lavhanina. Bat papa. Anybody that commits a sin and then he regrets it. Mohalim lo miyad. Mori Allah forgives him immediately. Shneemar velo yiruni. The Pasuk says, and they will not fear me. That's the end of this Pasuk. You should know that all these last things we just quote are all really one Pasuk. That's also power of the Pasuk. That's also Pasuk in Malachi Peregimal. So the end of the Pasuk, Velo Yireuni. So the Gemara says, Ha Yireuni, Muharim Lemiyad. The reason why they're going to get punished because they don't have any fear. They committed the sin, they don't have any fear. They're not uh, scared of anything. Oh, Ha Yireuni, but after the sin, if they have fear, that means they made Teshuvah, implying that what? That God will forgive them for their sins immediately. Tosafot says exactly on which sin are we talking about over here, because now we run into the uh, the famous debate in Masichet Yoma, which sins exactly does Teshuvah work immediately, and you don't need any uh, pending for Yom Kippur, or for Yisurin, or even death. So Tosafot says, This must be referring to someone that withholds the wages. Because that's a lo ta'aseh, it's a negative commandment, right? Lo ta'ashok sechal sechid, the Torah says, Ufligad rabi Yishmael perik batad yomad damat teshuvat tolev yom kippurim mechaper. Rabi Yishmael and Masechid Yomad said, on a lo ta'aseh, you need teshuvah, and then you got to wait until Kippur. So you have to say, this Gemara is arguing on the Bishmael of Masechid Yomad, and is holding that on a lo ta'aseh, like shechal sechid, it already is a nimhal, just on teshuvah, Alone. And some want to say that it could be referring to uh, all opinions, and uh, it's Teshuvah's accepted miyad, it's just that the uh, it's pending, meaning it's not a mihilag gimura until uh, Yom Kippur. Comes the Gemara continues. Rabbi Yohanan kimate lehay kerabeche. And Rabbi Yohanan got to the following pasuk. He started crying. Kitkol maasei Elohim yavi b'mishpat. God is going to bring all 
the actions of man to justice. Al kol ne'alam on all the hidden and all the concealed things, which means even the things that were ne'alam to the person when he did them. That means even the shogegim, even things he did by mistake. And we didn't know he was doing a, an avera. So the Gemara says, "Ayevet shabosh shokilos shegagot kizdonot takana yeshlo." An Eved, that his master punishes him in ways, not only the intentional sins, but also the shogeg. For example, the person was shogeg on Shabbat. He did a certain melacha. He knew it was Shabbat, but he didn't know the melacha was asura. He's considered a shogeg. They're going to hold him accountable. He's hayav hatat in such a case. Why? Because in most of the cases of shogeg, we say, hayal ulilmod. Ignorance is not an excuse of uh, not uh, of being uh, exonerated, and therefore, Bori Alam it says it's going to get him a kol ne'alam on the stuff that you didn't know. You should have learned alaka. You should have known it. And therefore, it's going to be punished as well. So the Gemara says, "My al kol ne'alam." So now the Gemara says another derasha. What kol ne'alam means? What is it? An example? With al kol ne'alam is mashma. On any call the smallest uh, infraction. Amarab Zeaurikina This is referring to somebody that kills a louse in front of his friend and his friend gets disgusted by it. Which means guy's walking in the street and there's a bug over there. So he goes and he, he kills it. So his friend's walking by and he gets disgusted by it. So it's like of Derich Eretz. You did it in front of your, your, your friend, you kill a... So that tsar that you caused your friend, that's the al kol ne'alam. Even, even such a case. Ushmuel Amar, Zeharach b'fnei havero v'nimas. It's also referred to somebody that spits in front of his friend, and his friend gets disgusted by it. <coughs> the Hadush of Shemuel is, in the first case... Uh, you didn't have to kill the bug in front of your friend. You could have, uh, uh, you know, went and uh, killed it so much. Because they were talking about a louse that's on his bigot, on the guy's garment. So therefore, you could have, uh, you know, went away and, and did it. Here, the spit comes in his mouth. He has to spit it out immediately. He has, a, he has no choice. Still, if he does it in front of his friend, it's still a, uh, <coughs> a, a held accountable. Now the pasuk continues. Im tov v'imra, whether it's for the good or whether it's for the bad. So the Gemara says, "My im tov v'imra, ama amre deber abiyanai zanoten sedaka laani befarhesya," which means you're going to get the person's going to get punished for the tov, for the good deeds that he does that's mixed with ra, the good deeds that are mixed with with bad. Example. Somebody that gives charity to a poor person in public. So what happens? He gets embarrassed. He's doing a good deed. But in front of everybody, he's giving the money to him. So now the person is embarrassed. Like the Gemara tells the story. You saw a guy giving money to an Ani in public. It would have been better off if you didn't give him. From now, that you gave him, and you embarrassed him. So that means, that when the person does his mitzvot, that are tov, with ra, attached to it, there's punishment for that also. Comes the Gemara and says, 
דבר רבי שלה אמרי, זה הנותן צדקה לאישה בסתר. That's a case where a guy gives צדקה to a lady in private. דקם מייתי לעולה לידי חשדה. You're going to bring her now to suspicion. Which means the lady was עניה. Right? All of a sudden, people go, they see a guy going privately, and he gives her money. Now all of a sudden, the next day, they see her... She has money. So they say, oh, it must be this guy. He's paying her for uh, Znut. And therefore he brings her to uh, Hashad. Then in that case, when it comes to a lady, it's better to give it, uh, maybe where people know that you were giving it as Siddhaqah, not to keep it too uh, quiet, because the people will not know exactly uh, the intent. Rava Amar, basar, Again, this is a case of Tov ve'adra. It's a good thing where a person sends his wife meat on the Eid of Shabbat. Shabbat, Shabbat, good mitzvah. However, where he sends it and it's not mehutach, the pieces of meat are not cut up yet. So what's the uh, problem? That she says, She'enu menukar menachilev, u menagidin asurim. Already the shohayat did not take out the veins and the fats that are asur. So what's the problem? So that she says, "Barbesh chibros chimetok shemarim laasot sorches Shabbat ena notim lev iminukari." Erev Shabbat is a hectic day, and therefore, if somebody sends his wife to meet on Erev Shabbat, she's too busy to check that they kosher it, not kosher it. What's going to end up happening? She's going to assume that it was kosher, and she's going to serve it. So therefore, mitovadra, you meant well, but this is not a good, uh, a good action, a good thing. So the Gemara says, "Veharava mishagir." What do you mean? Rava himself would send... Uh, Rava, the, the one that made the statement, went against his own statement. He would send his wife meat on Arab Shabbat that was not Minukar. The Gemara says, Shani bat Rav Hizda Dekim Who was Rava married to? The daughter of Rav Hizda. Rav Hizda's daughter was an expert when it came to the koshering of the meat. And therefore he wasn't worried that she's not going to realize that if it's kosher or not kosher. Therefore he trusted his wife that it would not come to a, uh, would come to a mistake. She knew. Comes the Gemara and says, Rabbi Yohanan ki bateh la'i kera b'cher. Rabbi Yohanan when he got to the following pasuk he started crying. Ve'ayaki timsena oto ra'ot rabot v'tsarot. That is going to come a time, when the kedadot, where kedadot baruch sends to the person ra'ot. Bad things. Rabot v'tsarot. Plenty of them, and they're going to be tsarot. Agonizing, painful. So Gibran says, Evet sh'rabot mamsilo ra'ot v'tsarot. A servant that is master brings to him ra'ot. Calamity, bad things, v'tsarot, and troubles. Takana yeshlo. Does he have any hope? He has no hope. So Gibran says, my ra'ot v'tsarot. What's the difference? Ra'ot, tsarot. What are these two things? Amar Rav, ra'ot shena'asot tsarot zulezu. Troubles that become enemies to each other. In Masechet Yibamon, when the Gemara talks about a person has two wives, so the wives are called tsarot zulezu. Because they, they fight with each other. So therefore, we're talking about ra'ot, right, disease, that the diseases themselves... Atsarot to each other, they fight each other. <coughs> What's the case? Kegon zibura ve'akraba. Like zibura and akraba. What's the zibura and akraba? 
that he'll get bitten by a zibura. Zibura is like a, uh, a wasp, an akraba is a scorpion. So he'll have a wasp bite and a scorpion bite. So what's the problem? Look at Tosafot. To heal the scorpion bite, you need hot compresses. And you need cold compresses for the wasp. So therefore he puts the cold, it hurts the other one. He puts the hot, it hurts the other one. So therefore he can't, he can't cure himself. Because the ra'ot atzarot to each other. The cure for this one is the pain for the other one. And therefore it's opposite healings. So therefore it means ra'ot, rabot vetzarot, that the ra'ot are going to be fighting with each other. He's not going to be able to heal himself. Rashid says, Rashid says it clearly. That she learns that this is going back on the case of Imtovi Imra. A case where a person does a good thing, but there's bad attached to it. So that's talking about um, he gives. An ani money, which is a good thing. Bishat duhko. In the time of literally uh, pressure or desperation that she explains. It seems that. He waits to give the Ani money when the uh, the market is high. Which means if he would give him the money when the market is, uh, the price is cheap, so now already he can take the money and buy uh, a lot of food with it. Instead, he waits to give him the money until it's Shata Dahak. Now already, what can he buy with the money? Now already, he cannot buy a lot of uh, product with it. So therefore, you're doing a good thing. But uh, you, you, the timing of the mitzvah is Shata Dahak. Therefore, it's not, uh, it's not good. Okay? Uh, that's why Tosfor understands Rashi. Shemamtinu ad Shata Yoker. He waits to give him the money till the inflation. Vinimsa kone biyoker. It ends up he's paying high prices. Amarava, so Rava says, Hainu de amre inche. It's like the saying that the people say, Zuza la alala loshicha. Which means, money, a zuz, which is a cheap amount of money. La alala, that's to buy, let's say, wheat. Ani doesn't have. Litlita, however, to, to throw the money away, litlita means to. To lose the money, need to waste it, shiyah. Which is when the prices go up and uh, you have to pay extra, then the ani, there's money for that. Which that and that's proving what uh, Rashi just said. Look at Rashi Litlita. Lehef said on Ibud, Kakshamati. Okay, so that's uh, that's one interpretation. Jeez. Money for wheat, azuz, ani doesn't have. Litlita, which the she's learned the word Tilita means Ibud. Meaning when the money is going to be wasted, then already the Ali has money in his pocket. We can't do anything with anybody. He's spending it on, uh, on the, the same amount of food, but he's getting much less. So the tita is to waste it. Then he brings another interpretation. Tlita means to hang it. 
we learned uh, uh, when Ani would go, he would take the the basket with him, and he would put the food in the basket, and he would uh, hang it. So therefore, he's saying, and the Gemara said that when one hangs his food, that's a siman la. So it's saying that for to buy wheat in the normal way, there's money, right? but litlita, there's no money. But litlita, which means when it comes to the bad luck, to, to hang his food in the basket, which is kashelim is or not, then already he has, uh, he has money. So Tosafot over here uh, doesn't like this interpretation only because we're out of that pasuk already, in Tov Imra. We're out of that pasuk of doing something good that has a uh, bad, uh, bad uh, consequence as well, at a bad time. So he learns it's really going back on what we just said, Ra'ot, Rabot, Vetsarot. That it's going back on what we just said, that you do it, that the badness are going to be Tsarot to each other. So let's look at the Tosafot. Kashena Birutam, Had Alamanakat Kula, I have Sekebida Kravaya Kinsinato, Ra'ot, Ra'ot, Vetsarot. Why did you interrupt? This other derashot with raot, rabot v'tzarot between this derashav im tov imra, according to Rashi. Ve'od amir na'malvel la'anim sh'atokko alav ne'emar as teklev Hashem ya'aneh. The contrary, it says when a person gives money to ani, and when the times are tough, on the contrary, gets the zikhut. God answers his prayers. It's a good thing. So therefore, yeah, he has some other questions over here. The case of is gives a different case, which means it's raot rabot v'tzarot. The guy is uh, ani, okay. So it says over here shetavso amoshel uba zev amar lo shilvelo maot al karkaotav vim lo ayaze ba moshel. Which means the guy now is a poor guy. He doesn't have any anything. So now the government takes him in. And if the government which he has nothing, they let him go. So what happens? The guy comes on now as a hero. He lends him money now to pay off the government. Now already he has to pay and he has to pay this guy back. So he should lend the money at this time over here. He needs the money, but you'd be better off... If you didn't give him the money, the Moshel, the, 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 the government would leave the guy alone now. He's not, I'll lend you money so you have it, so you can pay these guys uh, off over there. So this is Ra'ot, uh, Ra'ot, uh, but not only does he have the money, but it becomes Sarot him now. That he gets the money, now he has, uh, he has trouble. Which means, the, the, the way he understands the Gemara is, for wheat, if he wanted to buy wheat... If, if they need money to buy food, the money is not. However, litlita, litlita means uh, when he needs to be redeemed, right? and it's against his benefit to be redeemed in such a case, then already the money is found him. He would be better off, don't lend me the money. That's why Tosfot understands it. Comes the Gemara and says, Huh? God says, I'm going to get angry on that day. I'm going to abandon Am Yisrael. I'm going to conceal my divine providence from them. Amar of Bardela, Bartibiumi. Amar of Kosheiro Bestirpanim. Anybody that's in Galut and is not undergoing his terpanim, which means he doesn't 
have a situation where he feels that God is concealing himself from him. He's not Yisrael, he's not Jewish. A telltale sign of a Jew is, like a Baruch Hu is, Bestet Panim. If somebody's having good luck in the Galut, that already is a sign he might not be Jewish. Because the Pasuk says, Bestarti Panim Ehem. I'm going to conceal my face from them. Furthermore, the end of the Pasuk says, Ve'ayal Le'echol. That means all their money is going to be plundered by the Goyim. So the Gemara says, If somebody's in the Galut, and his money is not plundered, meaning the Goyim don't take his money, He's not from Zedah Israel. So comes the Gemara and says, So they told Rava, So Rava had a lot of money. Rava had a good relationship with the king, Shvor Malka. So they said, what do you mean? You're, you're not from Esther uh, Parim, you don't have. You don't have. I mean, you're living, uh, you're living good over here. Kamaran says, Amar So he says, what are you talking? So you know how much I have to send, how much money I have to send to Shvor Malka, the king, to bribe them, to keep them uh, at bay? You don't see. All my money I'm giving to, to, I have to send a lot of money in the bribes. But already once the Hachamim said it, The rabbis already put their eye on Rava. In the interim, The people from Shavor Malka's house came and they plundered all the money of Rava. They took it all. Garbu. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar, Rava said, Hainu de Tanya. This is what Achamim said, Amar, a bunch of women, Gamdiel, Kol Makom, Shinatu, Achamim, Ainehem, Omita, O Oni. Whenever the rabbis put their eye on somebody, it's either death or poverty. So here they're ready to put their eye on hey, They're not taking your money. What's going on? You're not uh, from the Vayal Echo. Ready? They put their eye on Rava. It happened. He went from being rich, that became an Ani. <coughs> the British High explains on this, that this is exactly what happened to Eliezer Ibn Abraham, when he went to find the Shidduch for Yitzhak Avinu. So he went to the house of Bituel. So what happened? At the time, Bituel and Lavan, they were wealthy people. So Eliezer went down there, and they were giving him a hard time. <coughs> they weren't they were hesitant to give a Rivkah to Eliezer. So the Benish Chai says that Eliezer put his eye on them. Eliezer Tamir Hakam. What happened? Mita and Oni. Betuel died and Navan became poor. So it was fulfilled this Gemara. And he explains that this is uh, hinted when Eliezer told Navan and Betuel that either give me Rivka now. Right? Or, or I'm going to go turn to the right or to the left. So the Benish Hai says, what does it mean I'm turning to the right or to the left? So the Pasuk says, Long life is on the right. On the left, So he was alluding to the Pasuk. He was saying, listen, if, if you don't give me a now, if I'll take away Arikut Yamin from one of you, I'll turn to the left, I'll take away your money. 
They gave him a hard time, they hesitated, both happened. Comes the Gemara and continues. Tosfot just quotes the Gemara Berachot that Bar Hadaya, who is a dream interpreter, once interpreted a dream for Rava and told him that your wife is going to die and the king is going to take. All your money. So you see, it came true. Banochi astir astir panai bayomahu. God says he's going to conceal himself on that day. Even though I'm going to conceal my face from them, I still will communicate to the prophets in dreams. The Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu received prophecy by day. So Boyalam says, even though the prophecy by day, Bayoma is going to be taken away, but still there'll be a lower degree of Nivu'ah. I'll still um, communicate to the man at the um, to the Nivu'im through prophecy in a dream. <coughs> Rabbi Yosef, Amar, Rabbi Yosef said, Yado nituya alenu. That even though Ami saying the exile is behistir panim, his arm is outstretched over us. With the shade of my hand, kisiticha, I, I cover you. And there's two ways of understanding this. Either it means that even though we're behistir panim, God is still protecting us. God is his hand, so to speak, is still over us, and we're under the shadow and the shade of Akados Baruchu. But some say no. That the pasuk of it means ubsel I'm covering you with my hand, meaning the hand yad hazaka of of midat adin is coming down on us. But that's the biggest proof that God is still with us. Because as long as God is still punishing Ab Yisrael, that means He's still dealing with us. So in the hester panim, you see the close that the Baruch has. He's when a father still has hope for a child, he chastises him, he rebukes him, he punishes him. So from the punishments, that means God is, who's doing this to us? His is coming from Baruch Right, his hand is still outstretched. I mean, that's the deen. Rabbi Yosua bin Hananiah v'ka'eh be'kesar. Rabbi Yosua bin Hananiah was in the Caesar's house. Ahveh le'ahu apikursa. There was a certain apikoros that was over there. Right? A non-believer. Right, they don't believe in the words of uh, Hazal, as she said, like the Tzidukim. So he, he gave a hand signal. <laughs> says, you're a nation. He didn't say it, but he gave a hand gesture. The nation that God has turned his face from. <clears throat> so he's probably he was standing in front of Yeshua, and he turned his face from him. He maybe pointed to Shavayim, and he turned his face to give him a signal. Well, you think God's still with you? Look at all the persecution you're going through. God has forsaken uh, you. So Rabbi Yeshua answered back in a hand gesture. He went like this, put his hand out, to imply that what? His hand is still outstretched. He didn't, uh, he didn't abandon us. So the Caesar is watching this whole conversation. But there's no words being exchanged. So Amalek, son of Rabbi Yeshua, my avilach. What, what, what was he showing you? So Rabbi Yeshua says, Amad mare la He's trying to show us that what? That we're a nation, that God has turned his face from us. So I answered him, That his hand is still outstretched over us. So the Caesar went to the mean. 
My aviat, what were you trying to signal to Rabbi Yoshua? Says, Amada, did you know Maria? Yeah, I'm trying to show that God has turned his face from Christ's land. Umay ahvilach. And what was he signaling back? So he says, Lo yadana. I don't know. Amruhu. So the king, the Caesar says, Gavra de lo yadam may A person that does not know the signal that they're signaling. Bimahog yahveka mimalka. He's going to make hand signals in front of the king. <coughs> Which means you don't understand the the, the, the signals. You don't uh, t- understand the language over there. So he took it as a chutzpah. Which means if already that's the way you speak, we understand it. It's kavod. You don't want to speak in front of the Caesar. So therefore, you're giving uh, hand signals. But if a stomach doesn't understand hand signals, then already you're making a joke. When yeah, you're just making uh, signs, and he's answering you back, and you don't know what he's talking about. So therefore, that's uh, that's making a mockery in front of the uh, the If you understand the language, then it's a kavod. Because you don't want to speak in front of the Caesar, so you're just speaking. But if you don't understand the signs that are being given to you, so this time you're just uh, making signs that uh, it's uh, extra extra motions. Afku vekatlu. Caesar took the mean out and he killed them. Kikani hanafshad Rabbi Yosho ben Hanania. When Rabbi Yosho ben Hanania passed away, Amru le Rabbanan. The rabbi said, Ma teve alan ma pikorsim. What's going to be now with us with that Pikorsim? Because the Yoshua bin Hananya was very expertise in answering the Pikorsim. Anytime the Pikorsim had claims, the Yoshua would be the one that would debate them. So when he died, they said, What's going to be now with the Pikorsim? Who's going to, who's going to debate them? How are we going to answer these guys? So actually, uh, the Yoshua answered. Could be this was when he was on his deathbed. So he explained the pasuk like this: There's a balance, which means <coughs> once already the chokma of the banim of God's children nisreha spoils. So already the end of the pasuk says the of the children is lost. We want the Achamim die, Nisreha Chokmatam. Their Chokmat is going to get spoiled, which means there's always a balance. So long as it's Chachme Yisrael, so the Pikursim are on a high level, and therefore there's debate. Once the Yisrael says, once I go, don't think that the Pikursim also going to fall. You're not going to have the same level of Pikursim. Kevan She'avda Chokmat Bibbanin, Nisreha Chokmatam. Ve'ibaitema, another answer, Me'acha, Ve'yomer, Esav tells Yaakov, Esav says, I will walk with you. Which means, so long as there's Esav uh, and Yaakov, so they're against each other. Once already there's no Yaakov, so therefore Esav also falls. There's always a, a balance again. So then we say, once I go, don't worry, the other side also going to get weakened. You don't have to worry about the Apikosim. Rabbi Ila. Rabila was walking up the steps in the house of Rabba Barshila. He heard a boy, Yinuka, a child from the yeshiva. He was quoting the following Pasuk. Right, the God that created the mountains. And creates the 
wind. And he's going to tell the human beings, Masiho, their conversations. Amar, Eved Shirabo Magidlo Masiho, Takana Yeshlo. And Eved, where his master can repeat all the conversations that he had, and he's going to hold him accountable for Masiho. Does he have any chance? So the Gemara says, My Masiho. What is this Masiho? The Pazuka just say, Siho, his conversation. Masiho is Masma. Even the Ma, even the. The unimportant, even the small uh, conversations. Amar Rav, Afilu Siha Yetera Sheben Ishle Ishto, Magidim Lo Le Adam, Bishat Mita. Which means even the, the talk that a person has with his wife before Tashmish, a small conversation, that already Masiho, that conversation is recorded, and that already they're going to hold him responsible. Ini, what do you mean we have a contradiction? They had Afkana, Habaganit to Tepuria de Rav. Afkana once slept under the bed of Rav. When he was with his wife, Rav was with his wife. And Afkana, he wants to learn Torah, he wants to see exactly the Halachot. So he went under Rav's bed. Vishamae, he heard Rav, the Sah, he conversed with his wife, the Sahak, he laughed a little, the Asasirachav, he did his needs, he had Tashmish. Amar, so Rav Kana said, <laughs> from under the bed, Dame Pume de Rav, or afterwards, he told him, it seems from uh, Rav, from the way he's talking, before the Tashmish, Keman de lo ta'im de tafshila. It's like he didn't uh, taste uh, tafshil in, uh, in a long time. Amar So when he heard that Rav Kana's under the bed, he said, Kana, Puk. Get out of here. Lav ora hara. It's not derech eretz you to be under the bed. That's all he did. He didn't get more nervous than that. It's not derech eretz. Not uh, not siriut. But the point is what it seems. Rav spoke uh, before Tashmish to his wife. He, from the way he was speaking, Rav kind of said uh, it seems that uh, he didn't have to to tafshil a long time. So he did talk before Tashmish. Lakashya kan de tzarich l'tzuya adelot tzarich l'tzuya. Depends if you have to appease his wife. If the wife needs appeasing before, so of course he's able to say some words of ritsui in order to appease her before the tashmish. But if she doesn't need appeasing, so even the extra words that are said, that's already the masiho. That's the extra words. Comes the Gemara and says, "V'imlo tishma'na." I'm sorry, nafshi Geva. The Pasuk says over here that God says He's going to cry, because of Geva, because of the arrogance. What does this mean? Amar Nabshemuel Bar Inya Mishemed Derav. There's a place in heaven that God has. The place is called Mistarim. And He cries there. Why? Mepenegeva. Mai mepenegeva. Amar of Shemuel ber Yitzchak. Mepenegavatan she Yisrael she nitlamehen venatna leovde kuchavim. Because of the glory the Am Yisrael had, the times of the Beit Hamikdash, and was taken away from them, and the glory instead now is by the Goyim. So mepenegavatan she Yisrael, the pride that Am Yisrael had and lost. Rav Shemuel Hamni Amar 
בפני גאוותה של מלכות שמיים. And the crying is, because when Am Yisrael, it's, it's, it's one and the same. When Am Yisrael was on top, so Machut Shamayim now was glorified. And therefore the crying is, because now that Am Yisrael is in Galut, the glorification of Machut Shamayim is lower. The Ga'avav, so to speak, the glory of the kingdom is taken down. Therefore, Kadosh Baruch Hu is crying. So the Gemara asks, Umi Ika Bechiyak Kamei Kadosh Baruch Hu? Does God cry? Is there crying by Kadosh Baruch Hu? It's not that HaKadosh Baruch Hu cries, but it seems the Malachim cry in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu from this Pasuk. So the Gemara is asking, do, do Malachim cry in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? V'amara Papa en atzivut of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no sadness in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shana Emar, Hod v'hadar lefanav, Oz v'hedva b'mkomo. Oz v'hedva, there's joy, there's happiness in his place. That means the Malachim cannot cry. In front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lakasha Habibate Gavai Habibate Barai Trees on the Bate Barai On the outer chambers There's no crying Bate Gavai on the inner chambers The Malachim are able to cry in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bate Barai No Oh you tell me in the outer chambers There's no crying by the Malachim it says that God called out on that day of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash for mourning and wearing sackcloth and eulogizing and bechi. The fact that the Vayikra called out is mashma in the outer chambers. So you see what is crying even in the outer chambers. That was the day of the destruction. On the day of the destruction, the Beit is different. Even the angels of peace, which seems never cry, cried on that day. The angels cried outside. Which normally, uh, that's uh, fine. And the no, they don't usually cry. But on the day of the Beit HaMikdash, they cried. Malachesh Shalom, and even the Malachesh Shalom, Mar Yibkiyun. And therefore, the day of the Hurban, Chabab, that really was an exceptional uh, situation. So the Pasuk continues. Vedamawa Tidma'a. Vatered Aini Dma'a. The Pasuk says that, Borea Olam, Kiviyakho, the tears were coming down. Vedamawa, one tear. Tidma'a, two tears. Vatered Aini Dma'a, and the tears came down from my eye, because Baruch was talking. Because the uh, flock of God, as Am Yisrael, was taken into captivity. God's crying for the Jewish people that were taken into Galut. Seems there were three tears here. One for the first destruction, one tear for the second destruction, and one for Am Yisrael that went into Galut. Again, the tear that Ben Yisrael explains is a mituk, is a sweetness, which means the tear represents, even though the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, it was me'orer hamesh shamayim, and the second Beit HaMikdash was built. Even when it was destroyed, there was a tear that still there was midat al-hamim, that HaKadu Baruch not forsake his people, and even when it's a galut, there's a tear which represents that God did not destroy us in the exile. Bikada amri ahata bitul Torah. That's something, no, the third tear was for bitul Torah. 
So Gemara's Mishnah, man, 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 al Yisrael shigalu. According to the first opinion, says that the tear was for the Jewish people went into exile. Hainu dechitiv kinishba eder Hashem. The pasuk clearly says that the Jewish people were taken into captivity. And the man, man, al bitul Torah. But according to the opinion that says that the third tear was for bitul Torah, my kinishba eder Hashem. How do you explain the pasuk that the Jews were taken into captivity? What does that have to do with bitul Torah? Gemara says, Kevan shigalu Yisrael mekoman em nechab bitul Torah gadol mizeh. Once the Jewish people are exiled, there's no greater bitul Torah. Because when a person is in the same place, he's able to study, he's able to learn. Now they take him into exile, so he loses his yeshuvah da'at. They lose their, uh, their clarity, they lose their thought. They're traveling now, they're in, uh, in difficult situations. So what is that? That causes Am said to be mevatel from the Torah. Or it can be explained that not even in, 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 a, in a positive galut, that when Ami Yisrael is taken into a, a, a sweet exile, what ends up happening? They get caught up in the materialism, they get caught up in the gashmiyut of, 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 of the exile, and what does it cause them? Close the books. If they're in a, a difficult galut, so therefore they're not swayed by the, the physical lures of exile, and therefore they dedicate themselves to the, to the books. So either way, when it's a bitter exile, the persecution of the Goyim, take away our uh, Yeshuvah Da'at. Whether it's a pleasant exile, the Amisayim by themselves to go away from the books. Either way, what's the result? Bitul Torah. So once already Amisayim is in Galut, in the Bitul Torah, Gadol Mizeh. There's no greater Bitul Torah. Tarim Rabbanan. Shiloshah, Kadosh Baruch Hu, Bokhe'a Alim Bichonim. There's three people that Kadosh Baruch Hu cries for every day. This crying of is referring to as a, a crying of uh, sadness. And somebody has the ability to learn and doesn't learn. So this is a crying over on the lost potential. Somebody had an opportunity to become a great Tamil Hakam and study and learn. He's not learning. He's crying. And somebody that does not have the ability to study Torah, but studies. Why should God cry for that? That's a, uh, that's a good thing. So the Mephashim explained over here, it's talking about somebody that is not gifted with a brain to study, let's say, Pilpul. There's different ways of studying the Gemara. One could study it in a very uh, analytical way, with questions and answers in the back and forth, in the give and take. But if his brain is not equipped to study in that way, so he's wasting his time. Because first of all, he's going to come out with the wrong conclusions. Second of all, he's not going to understand half the things that are being said. So he's the EF char, and he's being osek. So what else cries? You're studying the wrong things. Better for this guy maybe to study something else. Let him study Turbet uh, Yosef. Let him study a, uh, you know, a halakha. Let him read a, uh, a gada. So everybody has to know exactly what they're uh, capable just to sit and, uh, and study. But if you're an EF char and you're osek, that can mean osek. Osek means... You're delving, so maybe it's better not uh, not to waste your time. About panas sibur, and a panas on a leader that is arrogant over the sibur, that's running the sibur shalom shamayim, that is running the sibur, that's the master ruling over the sibur for personal uh, personal game. Rab nakit sefer kinot. Rab once was holding the book of Echa. He was reading from it. When he got to the following pasuk, it says, It says, Through so to speak, from the Shamaim, we all went to heavens. He threw us all the way down to the ground. Exactly at that moment, the book 
fell out of uh, the rabbi's hand. He fell out of uh, the echa fell out of his hand. Amar meigraram lebiramikta, and it seems the sefer fell into a pit. So he said, this is alluding that when Amisel went from the Shemaim to the ground, it wasn't Stam. We went under the ground, which means we didn't just Stam fall. We went subterranean. We, we fell lower than, lower than low. As was hinted, the fact that the book fell out of his hand, it seems he was holding it. It was, it was like an Egerit. He used to have the uh, scrolls. So the Shemaim, he was holding it up, but what? The end of the Sefer went all the way down and rolled into a pit. So it was eluded. It's like Shemaim. From the Shemaim, where the top of the book was being held, it is. The book fell all the way down. Rabbi and Rabbi Hayavu Shaklev Azleb Beurcha. Two rabbis. Rabbi and Rabbi Hayavu, they were walking on the road. Mefashim say, what does it mean that whenever the Gemara says Shaklev Azleb? So there's two interpretations of Shaklev Azleb. Shaklev can mean question, like we say Shaklev Tariyah. Which means when they were walking on the road, Rabbi and Rabbi Hayavu, they were learning. They were shaklev as they were involved in shaklev and tariyav the Talmud. They weren't just uh, walking stam, talking nonsense. They were talking the Torah. The Ben Shai says the word shaklev means they were taking. <laughs> this goes to take. That whenever the Hachemim walked, they collected the nitzotzot the kedusha, all the kedusha, the, the sparks of kedusha that were on the road that they knew needed to be collected. So every time they would go to a certain spot, they would say, "Oh, this kedusha ve shaklev, shaklev asle." They would take the kedusha with them, make the tikkun, and continue walking. Kimatu they got to a certain place. So they asked, Is there a rabbi that lives in this town? Let's go visit the Hakam. to go visit the rabbi. Amri, they said, they told him, But he's blind. You stay here. Don't uh, belittle your presidency. The Benakas was the president of Amisayel. I'll go greet the rabbi. Yeah, you're a Nasir, you don't have to go greet Tzulbamad Abijang Tamin Akam. You stay here, I'll go visit him. He was stubborn, so to speak. I'm going with you. Nabi went with him. So when they left that scholar, that blind rabbi, they visited him, Nabi Hayyan Nabi, when they left him. Amadu, so the blind rabbi says, Atem mikbaltem panim hanirin ve'enam ro'im. You have come to greet the face that can be seen but cannot see. Tiskulagbil panim haro'im. You should be so to greet the face that can see ve'enam nirin but cannot be seen. Meaning you should be so to greet the face of the Shekhinah. That was the blessing he gave them. Amar leh. So when the bee heard such a berakhah, he says, Ichu, Ichu that she explains it to mean, which means, had I not, Ichu hashta, imlo bati amecha, which is if I would have believed you, and would have taken your advice to stay back, minatan me'ay bircheta, you would have, you stole, you would have taken this beracha away from me, what a beracha I got over here, I would have taken your advice, I would have been robbed from such a uh, beautiful blessing. Abru there, miman shami alach, so Rabbi Hayat told uh, Rabbi, where did you learn this? Say that it's such a big zechut to uh, go greet the Tamidah Khamim, that you went, you didn't receive Kaisel, you didn't squander the opportunity. Where did you learn this from? So I heard it from the Shi'ur of Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov, Ishkefar Hitaya, Havam Makbil Abed Rabba Kolyoma. He would visit Rabbi, his rabbi. Rabbi Yaakov would visit his rabbi every day. 
Kikash, when Rabbi Yaakov got weak, Amar le, his rabbi told him, Don't burden yourself, because you can't. His rabbi gave him a pass. Don't worry, you don't have to come visit me today. Amar le, so Rabbi Yaakov said, It's just a small thing what it says about the rabbis. It says in the Pasuk, so the person will not see shahat destruction, when he sees hakamim perish. So the Gemara says, what does this mean? He will not see destruction when he sees hakamim perish. Which means the Pasuk is saying that when somebody is there, at the time where Tamin Hakam's demise happens, being there for the death of Tamid Hakamim already saves a person from bad things. Koshikan to be by their sides during their life, or the Muslims can save a person. So therefore he says if the Zechut to be by the death of Tamid Hakamim, and that saves a person from calamity. Certainly it's a Zechut to be by the Tamid Hakamim when they're alive. Therefore he says, I'm gonna visit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go not go visit. So comes the and says Last story. Rabidi Abu Rabbi Yaakov, Rabidi the father of Rabbi Yaakov, Baridi, He would travel three months on the road, Three months on business, and he would spend one day in the yeshiva. And then after we learned that one day in yeshiva, he would travel three months back home. Rashi says, Ragil, it was a three-month distance from his house to the yeshiva. Right after Pesach, he would leave. So he'd be home for Sukkot. So he went after Pesach, three months, he gets to the yeshiva. He learns one day. After he learns that one day, he comes back. And now he comes back to his wife, he's home by Sukkot. Six months, uh, the whole uh, business. In six months he learned, one day. Now, the Mephaish should explain that obviously he went on business. So his business travelings took him, and he ended up always being in the yeshiva one day, between Pesach and Sukkot, and then he would learn that one day. And everybody knew in the yeshiva, this guy shows up once a year. So the Gemara says, So the rabbis would nickname him, this fellow in the yeshiva, Bar Be'rav Dehadyoma. They said, this is the yeshiva man of one day. He's the one day yeshiva man, the one day uh, student. Halash Dateh. He got uh, he got upset. He got uh, he got depressed. They're, they're calling him. Uh, you know, he's one day. Gary and Nafshe. So he said about himself, "I'm a mockery to my friends." Amal Rabbi Yohanan. So Rabbi Yohanan rebuked the students. He told the fellow, "Please don't don't punish the rabbis." Which means he felt he saw this rabbi. This, this person was a sadiq. If he's going to get angry at the Hachamim, so it could be something's going to happen. So please, the rabbis, they made a mistake. Don't, uh, don't punish them. Don't, don't, don't have a kepeda. Don't be makpir on the Hachamim because they chaperoned you like that. Then forgive them. And he said the following. It says, and the people, they will seek God day in and day out. And they will seek my ways, to understand my ways, they will, they will seek. What is the Pasuk in Yom Yom? Well, we only see God and learn in the day? 
Don't we learn at night as well? In the Lomalecha. Even if a person learns Torah even for one day a year, because that's all he can do. It's like he learned every day. And that's what Pazuf says. It's considered every day. Why? If a person can learn more, of course not. But this person was able to do. He was able to devote, Cortes Panasai, he needed to make a living the whole other days here. He was able to give one day. One day, that's as much as potential allowed him, you get credit for the whole year. But the opposite is also true. When it comes to Puranut, when it comes to bad things, this is the Jewish people got punished for the amount of days that they spied out the land of Israel. What, did they spy out the land of Israel for 40 years? The spying uh, situation was only a uh, 40-day uh, case. In this case here, the 40 days, each day is considered like a year. And therefore, like the Pasuk says, and therefore they got part. So for the good, it works to the person's benefit. But for the bad, it also works against. And therefore, to, to end on the good note, that Arizal does say that based on this, that during the Aserit there's seven days. The days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So he says that the seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is one day of the, each day of the week, which represents that day on the year of the year. Which means the Sunday between Asirim and Tushran Kippur, that's the Yom Lashanat, all the Sundays of the year. And if a person is good on that Sunday and keeps Ram all the Sundays are mitukan. I spend the money. That's why specifically there's a week in between in order to mitaken all the things that were done before. Yom